Tonight, we go on a rampage with the Tasmanian Devil. Lost it lively, mate. That there's a Tasmanian Devil, the most vicious animal in the old blinking world. What's cooking? The Tasmanian Devil's on the loose. Run, run, run for your life. Well, hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet one animal at a time. My name is Paul, and I am not an animal expert. My name is Donna, and I am also not an animal expert, even in spite of the fact that we have been having so much time on hiatus on this podcast. I have endeavored to become an animal expert and i have failed it just takes too long it's really inconvenient i know a lot about animals i'm not saying (laughs) i don't just it it might be just easier this way to do one animal at a time yeah uh today we are talking sorry i got distracted i am an expert on kitty cats though almost and uh (laughs) i'm distracted by my kitty being cute so sorry pardon me i'm like Well, today we're talking about the Tasmanian Devil. Yes, we are. It's going to be great. It is. (laughs) But first, the news. This is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman, (laughs) some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. A guy named Daniel Hunter had set up camp for the night on Maria Island off of Tasmania's east coast, and when he and his partner heard a rustling sound behind them, they were surprised to see a young Tasmanian devil in broad daylight rummaging through their backpacks. The devil found a bar of lint chocolate in the bag and ran off, and here's what that sounded like. (laughs) Devil's got my pack of lint. Got my lint. <laughs> Does he never got my lint? Seventy-eight percent, you mongrel. <laughs> <laughs> now, my mom loves chocolate. It's her favorite thing in the whole wide world, and I don't know if she would. I don't know if she would chase a Tasmanian devil for a block of 78% chocolate. Uh, I think she like probably would. Did. She might. Yeah. <laughs> she likes chocolate that much. Give me, and it's lint chocolate. It's lint not, chocolate. Yeah. It's not like just some, you know, just garbage bar. It's like, yeah. you know, it's yeah, good chocolate. 78%, you mongrel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the best. Greg Irons is the owner of the Bonnerog Wildlife Sanctuary. He says that the Tasmanian devils there have a mischievous streak. He says the age-old rumor is that you should never leave your boots outside of your tent because they are the prime target for devils, especially leather boots. Hmm. Imagine you're camping and you wake up one morning and your boots are gone. There's like a little Tazzy devil out there showing them off to his buddies. Look at my boots. <laughs> 
Mickey says he even heard a story about a Tasmanian devil stealing a dozen football jumpers. He says a local guy was washing all the young lads' football jumpers. Now, these are when, when we say football, it means soccer, and we, when we say jumper, it means jersey. So just so you they, know, they football might, jumpers. They might mean Australian no-rules football, though. So, cause they it could mean be, that, too. Yeah, could, they're they're could jerseys. So the guy was washing all the all the jumpers, and they disappeared from the washing line. And then about two years later, they were investigating a Tasmanian devil living under a house, and they found the entire set of footy jumpers at, that the devil had made a beautiful den lined with them. Nice. <laughs> the devil was like, oh, this is really comfortable. This is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Even yes. if it had gotten away with the chocolate, it probably would not have liked it too much. Yeah, well, it's probably good that they didn't that they didn't get a hold of it. So, you know. <laughs> it's a cute video too because it's this little furry black thing that's running around with this giant chocolate bar in its <laughs> mouth. I got a chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. La la la. That's awesome. That's the best news item. All right. I well. Love it. Just a reminder, everybody, go to varmints.podbean.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and on Instagram at, at varmintspodcast, all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. Boy, I feel very mushmouthy today. <laughs> we have a Pinterest board that is run by a wonderful Varminion who we love very much. And go check that out. Put Varmints into the search engine over there and you'll see all sorts of fun pictures. And if you want Varmints merchandise, like a shower curtain or leggings, <laughs> you can go over to Redbubble and put the search engine, put Varmints into the search engine there and you'll find our merchandise. So, Excellent. If you like our show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to our podcast? We are everywhere podcasts are found, and word of mouth is the best way to help us grow. Let's go learn about some Tasmanian devils. Have you ever wondered about animals? What do they look like? Where do they live? Why are some of their legs also hands? Well, we have. So it's time to learn about animals. So, of course, we are talking about the Tasmanian devil today. The Tasmanian devil is the largest carnivorous marsupial on the planet. It was once native to mainland Australia, and now it's just found only on the island state of Tasmania in dense thickets and forests. Tasmanian devils are about the size of a small to medium dog. They have a body length of 32 inches or 80 centimeters, and they can weigh around 20 pounds or 9 kilograms. A little bit bigger than I thought. I thought they were actually a little bit smaller, but that's a pretty good size. Yeah. They have dark brown and black fur with white spots on the rump and sides and a little pink snout. They're really cute. They are adorable. Oh my gosh, they're cute. They have a very stout body like a badger. They have Their, their four limbs are longer than their back back limbs back legs <laughs> and so when they run they kind of do this little it's a very cute little hopping kind of run they don't look very co coordinated when they're running it's it, it's adorable <laughs> yes the tasmanian devil is named for its home tasmania and for the noises it makes i love it when we have an animal that makes interesting noises because a lot of times we do animals and they don't really make any noise at all or if they do it's just sort of a a, a generic growl or 
you know, grown and you can't really tell it one from another animal. But the Tasmanian devil makes some really, really unique noises. Yes. I'm going to play you the male and the female noises. And we're going to play the baby noises a little bit later on because it's really cute. So um, also a little volume warning. Uh, You're going to you're going to find out why they call them devils here in a minute. So here is the male Tasmanian devil. (laughs) And here's the female. I don't know which is worse. Here's the female. So, <laughs> so related names that were used in the 19th century were sarcophag. So, oh boy, three, two, one. So related names that were used in the 19th century were sarcophilus satanicus or satanic flesh eater, and also diabolus ursinus or bear devil. And you can see why if people were over there and they were camping and and the the little Tasmanian devils were feeding at night and there was a group of them. Yeah. It would sound horrific. Only, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to play the male and female at the same time. All right. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to sleep if that was going on around me. <laughs> males and females are just called males and females from what I could see. I really, I, I tried. I could not find a, a specific term for a male and female Tasmanian devil. Babies are just called pups or joeys or imps. I really like imp. Ah, imp is cute. Even animals that are mainly solitary creatures like the Tasmanian devil have some sort of fun plural noun. But as far as I could tell, a group of Tasmanian devils is just called a pack. So if you want to name a group of Tasmanian devils and give them a clever little plural noun, maybe (laughs) demons. How about that? No. No, not that wouldn't be a plural noun. No. I don't know. Think of one. <laughs> I don't... They, they are a, a whirly gig of... <laughs> a whirly gig. There it is. A group of Tasmanian tab- devils a is tornado. a whirly gig. A tornado of Tazzies. <laughs> That's really what it should be. It's a scream of Tazzies. Oh, a scream. Yeah. That's even better. I like a that. A yell, a yell of Tassie's. No. I think the babies should be called wickedlings. They're just wickedlings. Wickedlings. They're so cute. <laughs> they really are. They're so wicked. They're so cute. Wickedlings. <laughs> Imps is pretty good though. Imps is pretty great. Yeah, I don't know. They're awesome. All right. Um, Tasmanian devils, this is really cool. They leave scent trails to say who they are to the other animals. And it's really interesting about their smell. Um, if a Tasmanian devil is stressed out, they emit this yucky odor. And it's only when they're stressed out and afraid. But this isn't their natural smell. A Tassie that's happy and kind of relaxed doesn't smell like anything at all. Other than just wild animal, right? So, sure. Yeah, but people thought that that's how they smelled all the time, but it's it's just because when we encounter them, they are stressed out and afraid. So that's why they are stinky when that happens. Um, but they are, as you said, mostly solitary animals. They're not super territorial, but they accomplish this with their scent marking. 
They have complex networks of overlapping home ranges, so they have to use their scent to sort of mark their personal spaces and go, Oh, hi, I'm I'm Roberta, the Tasmanian devil, and this is my area here. <laughs> and they think that the scent mark the scents can actually tell the other Tasmanian devils the sex of the person doing the or the animal doing the mark, the um their whether they are able for mating, you know, available for mating, stuff like that, what their health is. Um, There's just all sorts of stuff. They think they're leaving little scent messages everywhere. And they do it with their little scent glands, which are anal glands for scent marking. Oh, boy. They rub their butts on things, and they go, <laughs> I'm Roberta the Tasmanian Devil. Rub, rub, rub. <laughs> rub, rub, rub. This is my little area. Rub, rub, rub. And I am not ready to have babies right now. Rub, rub, rub. Uh, it's pretty cool, but uh, that's when you've got overlapping territories. It's pretty, probably pretty uh, easy, nice thing to have, you know? Like, where's Roberta at? Oh, I smell her over here. It's pretty good. It's really that is cool. so cool. Tassies are cool. They are. They eat a lot. Yeah, they do. I know. Right? They eat so much. They need to eat about 15% of their body weight every day. That's awesome. A 20-pound Tassie needs about three pounds of food every single day to survive. But if they're given the opportunity, they will eat about 40% of their body weight. So that same 20-pound devil is going to eat about eight pounds of food, which is ridiculous. Wow. (laughs) They are strictly carnivores. Dead things or carrion is a really popular choice because dead things don't fight back or run away. But birds, lizards, frogs, rodents, even small wallabies and wombats and sheep are all on the menu for a Tasmanian devil. Hmm. Uh, chickens, they're, they're kind of a pest for farmers because they will, they will eat chickens all day long. If it's meat, they're there for it. And they will eat it. They will eat everything. The bones, the hair, the guts, all of it. And they can do this for three reasons. Their bite force is the same as that of a hyena, which is an animal that we talked about, and they are... Tasmanian devil is about the fifth the size of a, of a full-grown hyena, and the bite force is the exact same. Uh, the hyena eats a lot of bone, and so do the Tasmanian devils, so they need that bite force to chew through the bone. They don't leave anything from a carcass. They have 42 teeth in their little mouths, uh, canines, incisors, and molars. And unlike a lot of mammals, they're kind of like rodents because those teeth will continue to grow all of their lives. Those teeth are constantly growing. And the most amazing thing is how wide they can open their little mouths. So you and me and other humans, if we open our mouths as wide as possible, our jaws can open to about 25, 26 degrees. And anything after that, we're just not physically capable of doing because we have our neck is in the way. We have ligaments and tendons and muscles that can only stretch so far. A Tasmanian devil's jaws opens to about 80 degrees, which is really, really wide open. And they have these really, really big heads that are just full of muscle. And if there's no meat to be had for a little while, like I said, Tassies don't eat nuts and berries you know, just to survive, they will store fat in their tails. And they do have pretty hefty tails, too. You can see that. They have fat, ridiculous-looking little sausage tails. It's wonderful. 
<laughs> they are not obligate carnivores, which is zero anything but meat. So, Well, there you go. I learned something. Yeah, but they... I thought I learned something, and then I learned another thing. You learned so that... a thing, and then you, everything you said was correct, except that they do occasionally <laughs> eat a, a piece of fruit. So, like your kid eating some broccoli. Okay. Like, like a technical support by Matthew Chomo, who will occasionally eat, you know, maybe a little bite of kale or something. I bet he doesn't... That says that they're an opportunistic hunter, which means they sometimes eat carrion if they if they can, if they can get a, you know... If they're hungry, they'll eat it. So, but I bet your kid doesn't eat roadkill. You know what I mean? So. No, I no, he doesn't. He's pretty much he he's like, you know, frozen burritos, chicken tenders, um, McDonald's, Taco Bell. <laughs> Probably the stuff they put in tacos at Taco Bell, that is about as much vegetation as he eats. Oh, that's funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> According to the IUCN, Tasmanian devils are an endangered species, unfortunately, and we're going to talk about the reasons for that in a little while. The San Diego Zoo is one of a handful of zoos in the United States that has a uh, Tasmanian devil exhibit. The St. Louis Zoo participates in an Australian government initiative called the Save the Tasmanian Devil Program, and the Columbus Zoo in Ohio also has them. The best place to see Tasmanian devils is going to be Tasmania and Australia, where they have tons of zoos and wildlife sanctuaries, because if you have an animal that is in trouble in a specific part of the world, it's easier to just treat them and to take care of them over in that part of the world, right? So you don't have to fly them and stress them out and stuff like that. So that's the best place to to see them, or you can see them on TV in little nature documentaries and that kind of thing, which Donna is going to talk about in a bit. So we are going to talk about all that stuff and a few other things, but first I'm going to tell you about Patreon. Patreon.com slash varmints. Plenty of good seats still available. If you're driving around, come on out to the park and buy a couple of tickets. You will get free stuff, free uh, limited edition stickers and Pulse Food Box, which is a little video thing that I make every month. And once in a while, if I can manage an early release, you'll get an early release. And most of all, you'll be helping us uh, produce the show and pay for hosting and good stuff like that. It's not required. We know that things are a little bit tough right now. And, uh, you know, Patreon might not be possible. And we're still going to give you the same stuff. But if you do want to support us, patreon.com slash apartments. Thank you, patrons. Thank you. You're just the best. Hey there everyone, Paul and Don are a couple of nerds just like you and they don't get to see animals up close and in person very often so let's talk about where we all see them most of the time on movies, TV, comic books, toys and video games Okay, alright, I'm going to talk about a show which I watched uh, which I binged on, I should say, on YouTube, called Bondi Vet, which is a show based in Australia, and it is just, it's like an emergency vet show, you know? And mm-hmm. I just sort of ran across it uh, while I was just surfing around on YouTube or whatever, and 
So they do regular, just small animals, and they do livestock animals, and they also take care of animals from the various wildlife sanctuaries that they work with there in Australia. And uh, anybody that likes looking at very beautiful uh, male specimens of the human animal will enjoy this show. The main vet is called. This is not an aside, and I'm just going to mention it because I feel like they deserve a watch. And you know, it's quarantine, and life is pretty boring right now. And there is just nothing wrong with having a real handsome vet on your show. You know, sure. I I was watching the show at the beginning of the show. They have like a little song. They've like little pop sort of intro, and they've got sort of this beginning that looks a lot like uh, what's that show with all the lifeguards on it that used to be on television? Yes, it's like Baywatch. (laughs) They've got this guy like running shirtless down the beach. I'm like, I don't know what this has to do with animals, but okay. Um, so it's a really good little show. It's like good for all the reasons. It's got animals. It's got veterinary stuff that's really interesting, and a real handsome vet doctor who's like it, adorable. So, and seems like a really nice man too. But anyway, so they work with uh, they work with a bunch of different animal sanctuaries, and one of the ones that they work with is called Aussie Ark. It used to be called Devil Ark because they started out just conserving Tasmanian devils, but they also conserve all their species that are under threat there in Australia. Devil Ark is a critical project working to save the endangered Australian Tasmanian devil. It is the biggest conservation breeding program for the Tasmanian devil on the mainland in Australia. And it's because of the highly contagious facial tumor disease that they have that that Paul will talk about later in the show. Basically, what their plan is, I'm going to sum it up, is that they are going to... There's several breeding projects all over the country for these Tasmanian devils who have no cancer in their gene pools. This facial tumor cancer is, is not present in these animals. From what I can tell, the plan is they're just waiting for the ones in the wild to completely die out of this because there doesn't appear to be any getting out of it. It's going through the population really, really hardcore, which Mm -hmm. um, you're going to talk about later. But when that population is gone, they will replace it with the population of cancer-free animals that they've been breeding all over the country. The Devil Ark started in 2011 with just 44 Tazis, and since then they had seven successful breeding seasons, and they have over 300 healthy joeys born from that. Oh, nice. Yes, they're, it's one of the most successful programs I've ever heard of. Their devils are paired for breeding to maximize their diversity of genetic material and the natural conditions there at the at the sanctuary preserve their normal wild type behavior. So they don't really interact with them. They're just that's just the sanctuary. Um and and hopefully they can repopulate Tasmania when the time is right with these little animals. Look how cute they are. They really are ridiculous. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. <laughs> they look like tiny itty bitty bears, don't they? They like, do. They look like a they look like a Pokemon. 
They do. It's so cute. But we're going to put the link to Devil Ark. And, of course, we know things are, are tight right now. But you can help them. You can, for 10 bucks, you can buy a microchip to identify a Tazzy Devil. And they have, like, various levels of, of commitment. They're, like, $200 builds a devil home. Uh, you know, for $2,000, you can support one for its entire life. That's kind of thing. So, um, it's... It's a pretty expensive project, and they say on here that um, the industry average for this type of animal is about 10000 per year per devil, but um, they've gotten it down to 2200 and they're super, super successful. So if you have a little bit of extra cash, buy them a microchip, you know? Throw a yeah. microchip at them. So. And you know yeah. what? If you are a Patreon subscriber, we're going to donate a little bit of your money to this cause pretty soon yes it is a good cause it is a really good cause and they do such a good job and now we're going to hear a little clip a couple of minutes of the bondi vet show which i definitely think you should go watch because the animals are so amazing but what's happening in here is i'll just basically set it up there in the breeding program at devil arc there has been a baby born out of season and that is bad. So they're going to try to get in and intervene. And this is the clip where they decide what to do. And you're going to hear the baby make noises. And it's so cute. So go ahead and play it. What are you doing being born at this time of year? What are you doing at this time of year? You got it all the wrong way around. You've got character. Hey, not your mum. At Devil Ark in northwest New South Wales, Tim is about to examine Lucky. You're all right there. The tiny Tassie Devil Joey was born out of season, and Tim needs to make sure he's healthy. Uh, let's get some weights and just have a, a bit better look at him uh, and make sure that he's healthy. In you go, buddy. He's settled right down now. Yeah. Hello, mate. That's it. He's almost half a kilo on the dot. Well, physically, he's perfect. My main worry is that if we don't do something and we put him back in that yard with mum and other breeding devils, he might not stay that way. Now I've really got a dilemma. I've got a healthy mum and Joey and under normal circumstances they'd be fine. But these aren't normal circumstances. They're in a yard that's been stocked with devils that are about to breed. If he leaves mum and enters that environment in the state that it's in, he'll be killed. So, Tim, what do you think we should do with Lucky? Well, that's what I'm thinking about now. We can leave Mum and Lucky Boy in an intensive yard like this, and she can rear him and finish weaning. But that means Mum is not going to breed this year. She's, she's way out of sync. And we need Joey's. This is a conservation project. She must breed. I've made a decision. It wasn't an easy decision to make, but I'm going to intervene, and I'm going to hand rear Lucky. The Devil Joey will now return to the Australian Reptile Park with Tim for around-the-clock care. Well, this is it, mate. Yep. There's um, no sentimental goodbyes for Mum. Um, it's, it's natural. In two months, she'd wean him anyway. Yep. plan is that she breeds again in a month's time. And Lucky Boy's back here and uh, doing his own thing in six months, hey? Yeah. After Good you. Job. So... Tim's going to hand me the baby, which I think is great. We're going to have a nice, healthy baby uh, to come back for breeding in a couple of years. And Mum's going back in for breeding this year. All right, mate. Well, I'm off back to work. Well, good luck. Got the precious cargo. Yeah. 
good luck he with the real He tucked the baby so, into yeah. his yeah. church. Yeah, good on you, mate. See ya. <laughs> for, for the drive down to the sanctuary. <laughs> very cool. It's a very cool show. I really enjoy it a lot. So yeah, give it a give it a watch. Very now, cool was that show. the shirtless guy talking? Nope. No. Okay. Mm-mm. No, that's the other guy's called Chris, and that that uh, he's not on the show anymore. So you. Know, I, th- I think they're taping new episodes with a bunch of new vets, but there's like seven seasons that are available, and there's all sorts of cool people, and there's attractive ladies too for the for the people who appreciate that, and uh, just attractive, beautiful people, beautiful Australia, great little animal stories. Definitely go check it out. It's there's the nothing wrong with any of that. Yeah, for real. It's great. Yep. You make my world a better place. That's a, <laughs> their theme song. <laughs> I can't depend on you. It's so crazy. It's like you sit there and you're singing along. <laughs> Run down the beach, Dr. Chris. Woo! <laughs> That's awesome. It is. There is just nothing bad about this show. So. That's great. And there's several episodes with Tazzy Devils, so... Like all that, sorts of fun stuff, and they're all on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep, they've got their own channel on there, and they just make them all available on YouTube. That is fantastic. It's amazing. It's the best thing ever. Best thing about quarantine so far. <laughs> we can't do this show. I can't do this show without talking about the Looney Tunes Tasmanian Devil, also common, commonly referred to as Taz. Yes. He is portrayed as a ferocious, dim-witted carnivore with a short temper and no patience. He has an enormous appetite, and his speech is very Tasmanian devil-like, so lots of growls and grunts and, and stuff like that. You heard the clip at the beginning of the the show there. Uh-huh. As with many of the Looney Tunes characters, Mel Blanc provided the voice for him. He does have one weakness, and that is music. <laughs> music, yes. music can calm him to the point where he can be reasoned with. Except if it's bagpipe music, which makes him even angrier. <laughs> which I don't understand, because I think bag- bagpipe music is awesome. But... I don't have a problem with bagpipe music, but apparently Taz does. <laughs> and a lot of things that I read about Taz were, well, unlike a lot of real Tasmanian devils, or, you know, he doesn't have anything in common with real Tasmanian devils. He kind of does. He has a lot in common with real Tasmanian devils. So I don't know where that came from. Right. The character was created by two men, Robert McKimson and Sid Marcus. They were discussing about, like, new foes to challenge Bugs Bunny, and they decided that the only creature that they hadn't thrown up against Bugs Bunny was the Tasmanian Devil. And if you think about it, they were always coming up with other animals to try to kill Bugs Bunny. There was, you know, rhinoceroses and lions, and uh, there's probably a, a crocodile in there somewhere. They were coming up with all these different animals, and they just said, well, why not a Tasmanian devil? Let's try that. Right. And so they did. Um, Taz only appeared on about five shorts in the 1950s. The last one of those shorts was called Devil May Hair, and that's where they sort of got rid of Taz. He was matched up by Bugs Bunny with a female Taz, so that that was supposed to be the, the end of Taz, and that was because a producer said that Taz was too obnoxious and violent for children. Hmm. And he wanted to retire the character. Okay. Well, tons of fan mail poured in from people who liked Taz and wanted him back and wanted to see more of him. And so, in about 1983, 
decades later, they brought Taz back. A lot of Taz's popularity happened in the 90s. He was in the movie Space Jam, and then after that, he was in almost every Looney Tunes thing. Commercials, I think there was a Geico commercial with Taz in it. Uh, he appeared in video games, toys, all the things that happened to popular things happened to Taz. I thought this was kind of cute because I remember this really, really well. And a running gag is that when Bugs Bunny hears of the approach of Taz, he grabs a big old encyclopedia or a dictionary and he, he looks up and he starts reading off a list of all the animals that Taz eats. Uh-huh. And he doesn't see the word rabbits listed until Taz, who is nearby, he either points out or he'll write in rabbits on the list. Oh, no. And point to it. Yes, you're on the list now. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Wonderful. Oh, and as a side little, a little trivia fact, when I was 19, I came very, 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 very close to getting a Tasmanian devil. I get to getting Taz uh, tattooed on my shoulder. Oh, I actually have a friend who did have a, ta a Taz tattoo on her foot. Oh, so. cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I decided against that um, because my father said that if you're going to get a tattoo, I only want you to get one tattoo and I want you to get it across your forehead and I want it to say, I am a jackass. <laughs> so I never got a tattoo. <laughs> oh Until goodness. way later on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there you go. What's the matter with you? Aren't you hungry? Aren't you going to eat that? Come on, eat! <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife is putting... She's pushing Tasmanian devils on us. Yeah. It's not going to happen. No. I'm not eating. I couldn't find any evidence that aboriginal Australians ate them even though they kind of lived in the same caves and, and there were even like necklaces found with Tasmanian devil teeth on them it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like they, they ate them either well so. I can't imagine that they would taste very good no probably not what with all the uh, you know the, the anal glands that you mentioned <laughs> ah, we don't need to get into that again <laughs> how, how many animals you eat that have anal glands <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There you go. That wasn't a very long segment. <laughs> well, hello, Paul. Don, it's me, Billy Lee Campbell. Well, hey, hey, Billy. And I'm here to ask you a question. Is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Yep. Well, let's help you win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the Animal Fact of the Week. Back to you, Paul and Donna. All right, well, this is going to be the good news, bad news portion of the podcast, and I'm going to give you the bad news first. And it's really, like, kind of gross and sad, but hang in there, it gets better. For the last 20 years, Tasmanian devil populations have been affected by DFTD, or Devil Facial Tumor Disease. It was first observed in the 1990s in northeast Tasmania. DFTD is spread by the transfer of living cancer cells by biting which is really, really bad because Tazis are constantly biting one another in fights over mates, squabbles over food. They bite each other right in the face. 
And as far as the people who are studying this can tell that there's no virus involved in the spread of this disease. It's just living cancer cells It's from direct contact. Normally, an, an animal's immune system will reject live cancer cells, so it's not really understood how these cells are can make it. Why, that, why aren't they destroyed by an immune system? Once a devil has DFTD, it begins dying a very prolongated, horrible death. Primary tumors, more than one of them, will develop in the soft tissue around the mouth and they'll ulcerate. The tumors will then spread and become very, very aggressive, destroying the bones in the jaw. The tumors can also travel up the Tazzy's little face and blind the devil. Those tumors can become open wounds, which can become infected. This can go on for about six months, and it's really sad. And then the, the Tasmanian devil is eventually going to die from either organ failure, secondary infection, or starvation, a combination of all three. There is a 100% mortality rate. We just don't know how to get rid of DFTD. And the biggest, fittest devils, they're the most likely to be infected because they're the ones doing a lot of the fighting and the biting and stuff. And they're also the ones that are making little devils. So it, that's been decimating the Tasmanian devil population for, like I said, the last 20 years, even longer than that. But they are, there's good news. Yes, there is. One of the major foundations that has been funding the um, project to save this species is shutting down because they have done everything that they set out to do. So That's great. Yeah, uh, many of the members that founded the organization have, uh, which is the Save the Devil program, and they're all in their 70s now. Um, and they they feel like the devil's future is looking really good, so they're just gonna shut it down. They raised more than two point four million dollars to build large scale quarantine facilities or islands to house and breed disease free devils. Um, there's lots of different ones all around the place, like like we were talking about earlier. And this is Bruce Englefield, who was the owner of Bicino Wildlife Park. And he said, with government research and institution funding, the project coordinators now believe the devil's fate is secure. We built six of the devil islands, and we built four kilometers of transportable fencing that can be used to house the devils in sites around the state before they're released. And some of the 130 relocated devils in four sites across Tasmania have survived translocation have settled into the release sites and are putting on weight in our breeding. And so he says, we've had 10 years now. We've raised a lot of money and built some good enclosures. There's nothing left for us to do that the government-funded Save the Devil program wants us to do. And we've all aged 10 years. Some of us are in our middle 70s, and the time's come to say, well, we've accomplished more than we ever set out to do. So that's just one program that feels comfortable in shutting down because they have made a lot of good progress. So... They're still is, not out of the woods, but it's a good, really good sign. Good piece of news. That is really wonderful. If you talk to people who are involved in nonprofits or wildlife conservation, or they're trying to, you know, further research about diseases or about saving animals, there's nothing more that those people want than being out of a job. Yes, exactly. They want you know, to be done. Yeah. And, and to move on to the next problem. Yep. So that's awesome. Absolutely. That's a 
That's wonderful. If you look at the link, they have also, just as an aside, they have a picture of a little baby devil who has, he's holding his bottle and he's so cute. Let me see. Oh I gotta click on it now. Now you have to go look because it's Oh, for Pete's sake. Baby, look what at that little doing? guy. <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? We could be over there holding little Tazzies. I know. Helping oh. little Tazzy babies. What's what's going on? Why are we not living in Australia holding Tazzy babies and feeding them milk? <laughs> oh, these things are great. <laughs> ah, oh, well. But, yeah, another a real good program and uh, good for them. So Good news. Yes. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. Our show is brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo. Our bed music is by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by the wonderful Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was Chris Green, Jennifer Chomo, and Stacy and Frosty. Hooray! All right, well, it's time. It's now time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat who is eight years of age or younger and wants to be on our podcast, send us a message on the Facebooks or email us at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it very easy for you and your little rugrat to hear their voice on the podcast, so let us know and we'll hook you up. Who do we have today? Today we have Riley. Riley has something to say about Tasmanian hey, Devils. Riley! He, he, did, he did his homework, too. So, Riley, the Tasmanian Devil, what did you, what did you learn while you were doing some research on this one? Well, I learned that the Tasmanian Devils, they look cute, they look cuddly, but they are saucy. There is currently not enough evidence to allow us to know if the Tasmanian Devil is smaller than its Australian ancestor of 3,000 years ago, which wow. is an evolutionary process called island dwarfing. They are at least the size of a dog. Most devils are killed by cars while eating roadkill. And that's really cool. You know, we ran into, we, we had a lot of questions, and we weren't able to find answers to all of them. But the island dwarfing one is really cool. What do you think is the Pacific Northwest counterpart of the Tasmanian Devil? Wolverine. It is. Excellent work, Riley. Thank you so much, Riley. Appreciate that. That was really cool. That other voice you heard is his mom, Alicia. Alicia is a Patreon supporter, so thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Alicia. And she's just a really wonderful person. And hey, everybody, thanks again for listening. And until next time. Be nice to animals. Especially <laughs> cute little baby Tazzies that just like go. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com. Everything is grosser as you age. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just oh. awful. Now so. my dog's losing her mind. Misha! Misha, Misha! Ow, 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 ow! Misha, Misha! I'm losing it! Losing it! Uh, okay. I gotta wait for her to be done. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Usually she'll she'll do a little boof when she's done. I gotta wait. For oh, the a, boof. a little little ending boof. A little boof. Little yeah. ending boof. Little boof. 
<laughs> oh, that wasn't it. Well, there's somebody outside that definitely needs to have something told to them, apparently. She's losing her mind. Kitty's Kitty's not happy. No, she is happy. That's why she's meowing. Hang on. I gotta check this out. This That's her somebody's outside and I don't like it bark. Hang tight. Okay. <laughs> 